Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. Hey everyone, it's Ash and Liz, and you're talking with my puzzle pieces. And I have a plague, not the plague. I've been tested and I'm negative, but a plague. So you're going to hear me sniffle a lot. Sorry. Really, really sexy. It's the best you're going to get from me right now. So deal. You have to live with it. That's yep. just it's, life. It's this or no me. So, and we've we've seen how I, it goes and I, I let them talk by themselves. One time. Also, I'm pretty sure you left Trey to talk to himself. So like. I don't remember who it was. Trey, all the people, Trey could talk to himself. Okay. So maybe it wasn't him, but I don't know. Just felt. It was sudden. It wasn't expected. It was not planned. No. But in any case, this is what you're stuck with. Yes. So last episode was a little chaotic. I, probably a little. I, I listened A semi-lot chaotic. It was, it was more chaotic than is normal. But that's kind of our life. And I tried to be honest about that and not lie to you all. Well, and it's just, it was what it was. So yeah. if you listened to it, thank you. Um, if that was your first episode with us, please, please listen to other episodes. Yeah, we're very sorry. We're better than that, more or less. We really try to be, I have to say. <coughs> <coughs> sorry, you're also going to get some of that. Yeah, that is what it is. Um, we're not anyway. fancy enough to edit that out yet. Well, and again, real. This is us. So anyway, um, last time we talked about self-care and coping plans and being kind of proactive and thinking about what you might need and who your support people are and all of those sorts of really horrible, important, practical things. Yeah, you know, it's like the things that you go talk to your therapist about and they say it to you and you're like, you're gross, stop talking to me, but they're right and you hate it. Yep, those those are what we talked about. Yeah, sorry. Yep, so we're going to do a little more of that today, I'm afraid. We are. Um, so it's coming up to the best and worst time of the year, I think. Yeah, and I think our culture is very like, this is the best time of the year and it's so magical and everything's wonderful and you give gifts and everyone has all the money to do all the things and um, you have to go see your family and woo-hoo-hoo. And I, we don't always slow down to think that the holidays aren't always enjoyable for everybody. No, for some people they're real miserable or some parts of them are real miserable. Yeah. And actually, um, I don't have a research in front of me. For but triggering. There's been research that like suicides go up during the holidays. Yeah, they actually go up right after the holidays. Oh. And I know like for me working in mental health that we often have increase in like patients or patient acuity around this time of year mm -hmm. so well because I think right like you have it in your head that you're going to go with your family it's gonna be so great it's gonna be fine and it can often be really stressful and then you have to go home and deal with the aftermath of family and that can be really hard for people and if you don't have supports it can also be really challenging to go home and then like manage all those triggers yourself yes so guess what we're going to talk about today can you, can you guess? Can you do it? The holidays. The good, the bad, the ugly, the Christmas time is here. Oh boy. The coping um, aspect of like, they're good and they're horrible. And how do you figure out what that means for you? And what do you do about it? Yeah. And that has taken a long time for us. Yes, it has. And I think 
even for people without trauma per se, um, we all got the uncle that's crazy or the parents that are like that we love but are a lot. Or the fact or the that, parents we don't get along with. Yep. Even if it's not like trauma, just yep. Or the sibling that is like so frustrating and hard to be around. Um, so like I think we all have family just family drama at the holidays, you know, especially right now there's all of the like stuff happening in the world about do you get vaccinated, do you not get vaccinated, do you wear a mask, do you not wear a mask, who gets to come, who doesn't get to come, how do you decide? Yeah, do you tell some of your family they can't because they're not vaccinated, or do they say you can't because you're not, or... Or you can't because you are. Yeah, like, it's it's just It can be a lot, yep. And then there's just everything else that comes with, like, present giving and, like... Who do you buy a present for? And who's going to be mad if you don't buy a present for them? And, and how much money do you spend? And, and how can you afford it? Or are you going to have to, like, go into debt to pay for Christmas? And do people understand that? Or do they not care? And it's work a lot holiday of parties. And work oh. secret Santas, you guys. They're the worst thing ever. There's a lot of things. Yeah. So even if you're like, I don't have trauma, it's fine. You still have holidays. You still got to do the, the holiday dance. And even if you love the holidays, they like we love Christmas. Same. We love. Yep. We actually love the snow and hot chocolate and coffee and Christmas lights. Christmas lights and music and ornaments. And we love giving gifts. We have Especially so much like fun with gifts. And like um, we do projects like painting our little um, Santa village mm-hmm. and on the shelf yeah. yeah that one i don't like if you couldn't tell and no. little christmas gnomes and it's just we it's love a it. magical time of the it year is. in a lot of ways and we have little people who live in reality mm-hmm. that they've grown up and they you know they know all the things about santa and they still have that little kid magic in them so there's like this extra layer of enjoyment about the holidays and it's still really triggering and stressful even mm-hmm. though we love the holidays so that's one of those things that we talk about at my job called a dialectic <coughs> <coughs> and everyone hates it yes um but a dialectic is two seemingly opposite things that can both be true so you can both love and hate the holidays you can both be excited to go to the family party and see people you love and also know that it's going to be like super triggering and upsetting for you because of past things or because of that one person that comes that you wish you never had to see again or whatever. And some of your family might not know or not believe you or you can't tell them. Like, there's so many things. I, okay, we could go on and on yeah. about all the things. And like I said, we do love the holidays, so I don't want people to feel like there's not hope and you can't enjoy the holidays. It's kind of the whole point of talking about this is that <clears throat> as we've grown and been able to set boundaries and learn how to cope um we've been able to enjoy the holidays more actually despite all of the stressors that there are well and to do so in a way that doesn't cause this huge breakdown like right after yeah because i think when i first met you there was a lot more of that you guys would just like sort of numb and dissociate through all of the yes the holiday stress and honestly the first holiday that we spent together was 
one where I was also a mess. So there was a lot of that in general. There was. Um, but you, I don't think you do that anymore. I think you're actually genuinely able to enjoy the holidays most of the time because you've learned so much and because you know how to cope with the hard parts. Yes. So I don't know where we want to start with this. We want to talk about like knowing your knowing your triggers or your boundaries or limits or like, I don't know, where do we go? That's a good question. You can tell we plan our episodes really well. We do. We really think it out. Um, it works better if we do it this way, actually. So how it started for us, I think, was recognizing what parts were going to be stressful and knowing our triggers and knowing what parts were going to be the hardest. And like, I think for each, for different people too. Yeah. Knowing who the holidays would be easier for, who the holidays would be the hardest for and being able to plan that way. Cause like, I know for you, like, I feel like I'm hearing some of Bray's voice in here and Bray, you had to do a lot of holiday things for the body because you were someone who was less triggered because you didn't do the holiday child stuff because you weren't around then. Yeah. It was definitely less stressful for me. I didn't do the holidays growing up. I didn't come around till later. So it was easy for me to just kind of, or I guess not easy, but easier to go home and be around those people because I had some messy relationships with family, but I didn't have as like the trauma triggers that other people in my body have in relation to our family. And I think just even that, when you guys figured that out, like, okay, this is something Bray can handle and we can support her, but she can like take the... I don't want to say the brunch because that sounds rough, but like the bulk of the experience of it. And we can like find ways for people, for you guys, like different people to be there for Bray. I mm -hmm. think that was a big change in how you guys coped. Yeah, it was definitely helpful to be able to recognize that and to know that we had someone who the holidays were less stressful for than other people. And I think Bray did a really good job of, like, stepping up and being able to say, okay, I got this. Like, I can I can do this. I can take care of us in our system in this way. Yeah, and it felt good to be able to do that for my body. Yeah, well, and especially in the beginning, you used to have a lot less confidence in your ability to, like, do things like that. And so I think this, this was one of those areas that kind of pushed you to, like, accept that maybe you were more than – what you thought you were initially because you had to take over this role and you did it overall really well. Yeah. And Leah was able to be a big part of that too. Mm -hmm. Once, once Leah was more settled as Leah. Yeah. In the beginning, I think she got really overwhelmed by the fact that she like thought she had relationships with people and sort of did, but sort of didn't. Yeah. And I think that was a big struggle for her kind of earlier on in the process of her finding herself. They weren't just her relationships, I guess. Yeah. So that, I think, is a big part, taking time to reflect on what do you usually do for the holidays, what parts of that are potentially going to be the most triggering, and knowing, I mean, doing your best, there's no, I mean, you, you can't predict it all. It just no. is what it is. But knowing... What parts are going to be the most triggering or the most challenging, like, in the moment? And what parts might you be able to manage in the moment but are going to be maybe harder later when you're, like, home by yourself or you're going home with your family or, you know, whatever the case might be? 
Yep. Um, Went to bed that night and had yeah. to, like, deal with nightmares or... Yeah. And I think initially for us, that was a lot of it, is we could manage in the moment, but it was the aftermath that was really challenging. Yeah, and so I guess that's, I think, the, one of the biggest takeaways here is is just that awareness of okay, this is, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do this family thing, or maybe it's not family, maybe it's you have to go to church and you have, because it's like a family tradition as the holidays involve church and you have some kind of trigger or struggle with um, the like church that your family goes to or their Mm -hmm. their belief system. Maybe you um, have a lifestyle that doesn't fit in sort of their mold of what you should, how you should live. And that's challenging or um, kind of, I don't know, whatever else. Just a lot of different ways different things can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, and if you have a therapist, I think talking to your therapist about, you know, or your supports, mm-hmm. um, if that's your significant other, if that's a close friend, if that's someone else in your family, um, and just figuring out what parts might be the hardest for you. Because... Um, in in my opinion, that's like the first part. You can't really plan how you're going to manage your holidays if you don't know what parts are going to be hard. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And then once you've kind of done that, like thought about like, okay, which parts feel more manageable, which parts feel less manageable, then the next question is like, do you want to do all the things? Yeah, and that was something that was really hard for us is feeling like we didn't have a choice. Like we had to go to all the things and we had to be at all the things and super busy and participate in every single family thing. And that has changed a lot. And some like life circumstances mm-hmm. have changed. Like um, my mom has moved to a different state. So um, like we don't have like a big family thing with that side of the family anymore because like my mom's not, in the area. So when I see her, like we do something smaller with her, which is actually what I prefer mm-hmm. um, than getting together with like that whole side of the family. Um, so well, that piece helps. Even like when but... you were married, having to like do extended family stuff with people that you really liked, but there was just a lot of it. There was a lot. And just dealing with holiday memories and knowing that I could be triggered and then having to be super present and engaged, even that part, like maybe your family or your support system now is really great and you enjoy doing holiday stuff with them. And the holidays are just a triggering time of year or can bring up memories and being super busy and having to like be super engaged can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And families don't always understand, even if a family understands your trauma or like if you can talk about it a little more, they're just not always going to understand some of that. And so then, like, how do you, and I'm just thinking, like, my first Christmas and holidays away from, like, after I got divorced, mm-hmm. the kids weren't with me. They were with their dad. And my family invited me to do some, like, family stuff, and I didn't want to because I just couldn't deal with going to something like that without my children. Yeah. And I think that was hard for them to understand because I think they were just like, well, you're alone. Like, we want to support you which is great. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't, it wasn't what I needed. I needed more to like, just be home and like do some like low key stuff or, or be mm-hmm. sad or whatever. And that, like that piece, like 
it can be hard if you're at a family event to be allowed to to feel the unpleasant, uncomfortable emotions and whether yeah. your family can manage that with you or how you, like, what do you do about that? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the second piece is deciding what is worth, like, going to and being involved in and what areas you need to set some healthy boundaries and maybe not go to a certain family party and spend some time at home or spend some time with friends rather than family. Mm-hmm. Um, Which sometimes family just doesn't understand how, it, like, you could choose to be with a friend instead of them. Yeah. Like, why would you choose to be anywhere but with your family? And like, I definitely had some family that was like that where it was like – um and it wasn't my, so it was my, my family that I married into, but they were very, um, well, why wouldn't you want to be with family and be constantly doing stuff for all of the holidays and go from one thing to the next and see everyone and that's so great, not realizing that I'm a very empathic person, like, as a whole, and there's a lot of bad memories around the holidays and we need to be able to have a break to process and have some downtime and do something that we enjoy, like, watch a holiday movie and drink some hot chocolate and just be instead of the constant like being around people because that's really overwhelming and that doesn't give any of our emotions or the like body memories or anything a chance to just kind of chill out. It's like we're high energy all the time and then once we stop there's all this mess that hasn't been able to process. It also doesn't let any of your parts that look less ash-ish have a chance to celebrate because if the only person like if you're with people all the time and they're not people that can know or who aren't even if they know maybe aren't comfortable interacting with different parts of you Mm -hmm. then you have to be ash all the time and that that's not fair like to your littles like maybe they want to be able to be excited about the snow and make a snowman or something in a way that they just can't if they're in front of other people or watch like the Grinch or something that like you can (laughs) as an adult but watch it as a child yeah which is very different to come out and feel that and so and to open presents as a little kid mm-hmm. and, and presents that are appropriate for a little kid generally. yeah and presents that like maybe someone who knows you of people has given like a little that they can't necessarily open that around everyone because there are people who aren't going to understand mm-hmm. I think it's funny because my kids see you get presents that are maybe not always like adulty presents and they've just like that's just who Ash is. Like sometimes she wants a Minnie Mouse coloring book and it's fine. And it's, I think that's been a cool thing about, I don't know, the way we've been able to build this family is like even the adults are allowed to be kids sometimes and the kids like it. Yeah. That, I don't know, camaraderie of like, yeah, we can color together and it's fine. Yeah. And they don't like, that's fine. Whatever. They don't care. No. And they really don't. But adults. Yeah. Adults have a harder time with things that don't, like, fit, I guess. Yes. So, anyway, um, we got off on a tangent there, but deciding, like, what's worth it. So, is this family party going to be triggering enough and make me enough of a mess that I need to set a boundary that's going to be hard and say, like, I can't, or this work party or this Friendsgiving or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and is going that- to my significant other's you know, seven family things. Like maybe I need to go to one or. Yeah. And so then like deciding, is it worth it? Is it, 
is is going important enough to this person I love or is going less stressful in the long run than setting the limit or do I need to set a limit and just deal with the fallout later Mm -hmm. which is also really hard yeah and there's no like right answer and you might try something and decide that that was too stressful and I need to do something different next year um I think just trying to weigh it out the best you can and deciding what am I going to try and what am I, you know, what supports am I going to use? What people am I going to tell? Am I going to say like, okay, I'm going to go to this family party, but I'm leaving by nine o'clock. Or I'm just going to go to this family party because being there and a little bit dissociated and um, just is easier than dealing with, you know, all of the people who are going to be cranky afterwards or make me feel guilty or whatever it might be. Um, But I think knowing, making sure you take into account what that is for you and not letting other people bully you into what they think is best for you. Um, Even well-intentioned bullies, because they, they could be trying really hard to help you and like, Oh, I don't want you to be alone or whatever, but it's just not what you need. Yeah. I have to sneeze. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you more. I'm very sorry. I she, never sneeze once. No, I always, always sneeze at least three times. It's always a lot of sneezes. It's usually more like six to ten. Yeah. So you got you got a quiet version. <laughs> yeah, I tried to make it so it wasn't horrible on the audio. Um, but yeah, you might have a friend who's like, no, it's great for you to come do something and you might need to say to your friend or find someone and say, like, no, it's actually better for me to be home and just chill with a friend than to go do something. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually better for me. And so just making sure you advocate for yourself um, and what you need from people around you and letting them know what that is and that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually healthy and it's really good for you to do that for yourself and your parts. And even if you just have trauma and it's not, you don't have DID or you just have a stressful freaking family, mm-hmm. like that is okay. You are allowed to set boundaries and do healthy things for yourself. And depending on what your family like of origin is like, that might be really, really hard because it might be that you like, that wasn't a thing in your family. Like people didn't get to set limits. It doesn't make it not okay though. Yeah, it doesn't make you bad or make it, like, this horrible thing or make you selfish. Like, I know selfish is something that, like, I struggle with a lot is, like, I never want to be selfish. And um, so that's one of the areas, like, that setting limits is harder for me is if I feel like it might be seen as selfish in some way. Yeah, or I have no family who's using guilt. Like, oh, you're not mm-hmm. going to see so-and-so. Like, um, and... You know, that's not really their place, I guess. Um, But it it can definitely be hard. So I think just trying your best to plan for that and know how you're going to handle that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then thinking, okay, so let's talk about planning then, right? Like, so you've decided you're going to maybe go to something. So what do you need to plan? How, How do you need to plan an exit strategy? You need to t- let people know kind of ahead of time, like, this is how long I'm planning on staying. Like, please don't ask me to stay any longer. 
Do you need to have someone call you at some point with a pretend crisis to get you out of there? Like, what do you need in terms of the time that you're there and how you're leaving? And are there any relatives there that you're going to try to avoid? And do you need to have someone, whether it's a friend or another family member that is going to, like, keep an eye out that you can kind of take along with and be like, if you see me, like, this person talk to me or alone with this person, like, I need you to come rescue me or I need you to come, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, talk to me some, at least not alone with this person yeah. or, you know, whatever that might be. Or, like, do you need to have some sort of, like, a secret code with somebody of, like, I'm overwhelmed, I need help? Um, and then it's important for, if that's the case for that person to actually be paying attention to the, yes. um, I'm overwhelmed and I need help message. Cause I know sometimes people get caught up in like the family stuff or whatever, and then they aren't the support they originally intended to be. Mm-hmm. And then having an internal coping plan too of, are there people at the party or at the family gathering that are going to be triggering for certain people in your system? And what can you plan for them to do inside? I know, um, like when we go to family stuff, sometimes a lot of our littles go inside and have like go sledding and watch a movie and drink hot chocolate on the inside so that they're busy and occupied while we're at a family function so that they don't necessarily have to interact with the people who are triggering. Yeah. Um, I (coughs) thought about that and I lost it while I was listening to you. Or, like, what part will the littles be present for? So, like, is there a part of it that maybe a little person or a person who struggles with somebody can be present for and or watching? Yeah. And at what point do they need to go in and kind of thinking all of those things through? It's just a lot of thinking, really. It is. It's. I know it sounds like a lot. Um, but once your system's more comfortable with each other mm-hmm. and you guys have better communication, I think it becomes a lot easier to have that internal support and know how to reach out to each other and and kind of figure that out. Well, and I think you, you sort of know more, like, I think now you guys have reached a place where if somebody's struggling, someone else will often like sense it and know who it is and maybe what, what might've triggered it or what they need. Um, and you guys weren't there in the beginning. Yeah. And so there's that. And I think even for a non-peopley person, the more you learn your triggers and the more you learn what works, the easier this kind of stuff gets where you don't have to like plan it the same. Yeah. You just kind of, you kind of know you have it in your head. Um, And a lot of that comes from trial and error of finding out what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then once you have a plan that kind of works using that plan and um, planning breaks, Mm -hmm. you have multiple holiday things to go to if you need to like go home and take a nap or cry or watch a movie or Mm -hmm. do something to let some of that stress out so that you feel refreshed for the next one. Um, Just doing whatever you need to, to give yourself that time. And then if you're going to decide you're not going to something, um, before you even have that conversation where you set that limit, thinking through what you're going to say, what you're willing to negotiate or compromise on, Um, how you're going to cope with the fallout from you setting the limit, because just deciding that you're not going is really only the first step. Yes. Um, I know that sounds like a lot. And I think it just does come down to sitting down and thinking about it and trying a plan and using your supports 
and using, you know, your coping plan. Like, are there things you can take with that help you stay calm? Is it, you know, essential oils? Is it, you know, you're going to, I don't know, bring a, like, stress relief, um, like a squishy or, like a squishy or a, um, the, like, thumb rocks, the, mm-hmm. the worry stones in your pocket or yeah. – um, are you going to ask a friend to just text you um, every few hours and like remind you, that, you know, to breathe or that like, you're okay. Yeah. And that they'll be there if you need them or whatever that is. And just um, having a plan, seeing how it goes and then making sure you have people you can reach out to afterward if you are struggling. So is it a therapist? Is it a friend? Is it another family? Is it um, you, you're going to plan some specific downtime to yourself. That's going to help you like recoup, whatever that is. Um, but just knowing what that is, because even for us, I think we handle the holidays pretty well now, and we still need to process and to have some downtime um, afterwards to kind of reset, even though they go fairly well now. And I think we just talked about all the shitty parts of the holidays. Figure out what parts you love. Yeah, remind yourself of that. Do you connect to the food? Do you connect to the smells, the sounds? Like, we're already playing Christmas music up in here. We because, are. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, we can. And so finding those things that bring the joy into the holiday for mm-hmm. you. Because it is really hard and stressful in a lot of ways. And also, like, it's... Do you like the lights? Do you like getting a Christmas tree? Do you like decorations? Do you like baking? You know, do you have, like, little parts that want to pick out a special gift that's fun you know um do you guys want to give some gifts to each other like internally or externally and I don't know there's just I think there's a lot of ways you can enjoy it and um not forgetting those parts yeah I think one of the things that I love most about Christmas is the emphasis on like being kind to other people and the like showing love and that's a way that we try really hard as a family to live is about like thinking about other people and showing love. And so even if Christmas wasn't that, or the holidays weren't that for you, you can choose to make that part of your new family tradition that the holidays are a time when you show love and that's to yourself and also to other people in whatever way fits in your life. And it can be really little things like just making sure you always try to hold the door for the person behind you or smile and, say hello to people that you don't know, or, um, we try to, um, we haven't done it yet this year, but it's on our list have in our car, like for when you see like a homeless person on a street corner, just have some bags made up that have things like little mittens and, uh, some basic food or things that just really small ways that you can Mm -hmm. show love. And for me, that's the biggest magic of Christmas and all the other stuff is just an expression of that. And so finding the thing for you that's, like, your thing about the holidays that you can really connect to and feel good about. Yeah, it's – I think for us it's reminding ourselves we can be kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can stop and take that time to love and care about ourselves too. And it's nice to feel that we can make – we can choose to make it positive even though it hasn't always been. Yeah, and I guess that's, I think, one of the big takeaways that I'd like people to get out of this episode is, like, finding the hard and then figuring out what you do with it to make it not always have to be just about the hard. 
bit about finding joy in what can be a really beautiful time of year in a way that feels safe and supportive and meets the needs of you or your system or your family that you choose to focus on. So to end, I would like to say if um, I know we've got a good amount of listeners that have chimed in, you know, from time to time based on the numbers that we see, but um, we would love to hear from you guys on what do you do for the holidays? Whether you celebrate Christmas or you celebrate something else, what do you do that um, you love and that helps bring joy to your holiday? Um, we'd love to just hear that from you. And if we get enough responses, maybe we'll do a little, um, an episode where we kind of share some of people's different holiday things that they love. Um, and if you do, if there's anything you are struggling with, um, let us know. And we can maybe give our thoughts and share a little bit more specifically, um, in emails on what we do to cope and, um, you know, again, I always say we're not people's therapists, but we're willing to kind of just tell you our perspective and how we cope with things. And you can, you know, take or leave that as it's helpful for you. So those are the couple things that I, I would love to hear how people are enjoying the holidays and making them special for you, um, whether or not you have people. Um, just what are your traditions? What are some things that you do? Um, one of ours that we started well, I love this one. is that every year we make a new stocking. So, um, and so we've rotated for us, we've rotated people, um, in my body that get to pick the fabric and make a stocking that's specific to them. And, um, so M made a Minnie Mouse one, Marshall made a Ninja Turtles, Faye made one that, um, to her looks like a dragon in the night sky. Um, it's like scales. It's like scales and sparkly and shimmery. Very Faye. Um, and very like dark, dark purpley colors mm -hmm. um Bryce is up this year and he's doing frogs and um, a pattern that's got like frogs in water and then the top is going to look like scaly and he's putting this like netting fabric that's going to be really challenging and still awesome and so we often pick fabric that we're like oh this yeah. is going to be so beautiful and we're going to hate every minute of this sewing um, so that's something that is new that we didn't do as kids that is a tradition we've developed that makes the holidays really special for us. So and it's been cool to do with my kids too, because they yeah. don't like, they don't obviously understand that Ash's body has different people picking. Um, but we just all pick different things every year and like, and it's cool to see like what they're into and kind of how they grow and change and what they pick. And so, um, yeah, we it's have a fun so thing many to stockings. Do. This is our fourth year now. And we, yeah. We're just digging them out today and looking at all the different, memories of like the different things the kids were into or, or the whatever from things the they wanted to try and um, so finding something that you can do um you know starting your own tradition or if there is one that your family has that you really love keeping that part of christmas alive or the holiday whatever holiday you celebrate i say christmas a lot because that's what we celebrate so mm -hmm. i don't mean to not include other um traditions whatever you celebrate um just this time of year, there's a lot of different holidays, Thanksgiving and all that. So, And even if you don't celebrate, like, Christmas from a religious sense, do you do something for the holidays? Yeah, with your whatever. family or yeah. whatever it is or with you. So we would love to hear from you. And we're also here to listen if 
you know, if you'd like some suggestions or there's something that's challenging. Um, Jasper saying it's time to be done. He Wait, would love one to. More, one more thing I want to ask him to share. Oh, yes. Um, one of the things we usually do that we got away from a little bit last year because we were moving right after the holidays was Christmas cookies. Mm. Um, and we try to do a couple classics that we love and then try new things every year. And my daughter particularly, but both kids are very sure that we need to do Christmas cookies this year. Since and we a lot of last them. year. Far too many. So we made so, it, I mean, we made in the hundreds of cookies last time we made cookies. Yeah, so, we got a little carried away. But if anyway, there's one you really like yes, that you'd you like us to try. That you're um, like, this is the best cookie. It reminds me of something or whatever. Like, send it to us. We would love to experiment with some of your We'd cookies. make a batch and we'd let you know what we think. So... Jasper's all done now, so we should probably so, wrap we're up. We're going to go before you have to listen to him bark in your ear anymore. But but we thanks like for you listening. Thanks for listening to my sniffles. Yeah, and we, we hope to hear how you're going to make the holiday special and help any way we can. Yeah. So um, email us at mypuzzlepiecespodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.